Heya. And welcome to Unconventional Pals. Today's episode is a story time episode, as we said last time already. And I mean, the word story time is a bit vague, but what we basically mean by it is we just want to share some funny stories that happened to us while being abroad because there are a lot of really funny stories that happen to you, even just like small anecdotes. And we thought it would be nice to just share them for like a bit of a more fun and kind of chill episode. And this time around, they'll be related to what we talked about last last week. I was going to say last year. Oh, <laughs> last week. <laughs> Our time in um, England and France. So for everyone that hasn't listened to last week's episode yet, last week we talked about how Hannah did an exchange to France while at university. I mean, Hannah is still at university, but back when she was doing her bachelor degree, she did half a year in France. And I did half a year in England when I was still in school. So those obviously are two kinds of exchanges you can do. And we compared both of them and kind of talked about how to organize them and today, like we said about a hundred times already, we're going to share stories that happened to us. And I thought one of like, we don't really have a kind of schedule for today. Normally we kind of prepare some sort of schedule or like, I don't know how to say it, but like we organize a bit, which order we're going to talk about things, but today we're just going to start talking, I guess. Um, I don't know, Hannah, do you want me to start or do you want to start? Um, if you want, you can start. I think the first time or the first thing that happens when you're abroad is you want to make friends. So maybe that's a good starting point. That is a good starting point because it leads to my first story because I have a bit of a funny story of how I made friends. Um, not just one funny story, several ones, but there's one that really popped into my head the second me and Hannah started about um, like discussing the topic of story time. And I remember back when I was in England, I was very keen on trying to make friends with everyone, really, which, by the way, is impossible. Um, I mean, you can aim if you succeed. I'm very impressed, but it is a really high goal <laughs> to achieve. Um, but I was really keen to get to know as many people as I can and obviously also make British friends because I just wanted to get to know the culture. And I remember at the beginning, I just talked to everyone, like, everyone I could possibly talk to and have some sort of relation which resulted in a lot of very funny and some really awkward and not embarrassing just awkward conversations and I remember I had this one conversation that still makes me laugh because it's just plain off like it was just I, I don't even know how to put it Basically, um, that was already towards the end of my exchange, by the way. So I already had made friends. I was already settled in quite well. But I was like, okay, you know, might as well try to speak to some more people, see what happens. Because I was like, well, I only have five weeks left. I might as well. And there was this one girl who was in my maths class. And one day, none of my friends were in the common room. The common room is where we used to spend our free hours or like breaks and I was like, you know what? I might as well walk over to her because she was sitting in the corner. And I walked up to her and I was like, hey, I don't want to say her name, but like, hey, blah, blah, blah. And the next 10 minutes were the most awkward minutes of my entire exchange. I tried to have a conversation with her and she would just not respond because I went like, oh, hi, you know, and I thought we never talked. We might as well, you know, have a chat or something. I mean, it was a bit odd, you know, just walking up to someone and be like, hey, let's have a chat. We never talk, but hey, you know. But um, yeah, it was just plain awkward because she cut me off and just looked at her phone. So I was just sitting next to her quietly, staring at her, just being like, cool. Looks like we won't have a conversation. Then. And it was, just, it was incredible rude, by the way. Like, that's not what normally happens. But I remember I was so glad that it only happened towards the end of my exchange because I feel like it would have really encouraged me at the beginning because not encouraged I mean discouraged because it was just so awkward like I was desperately trying to make a conversation with her and she was just like no I don't care which was no fun did you end up being friends or was that it no we never like really spoke it got even weird after because I felt like she was not a really nice person I found out later as well <laughs> um 
Because like, that's the reason why I didn't say anything. I was waiting for the point that you were trying to make. I was like, okay, and now she's going to say, it. and then they were great friends because something happened. Just didn't. It didn't. She didn't make an effort. So I just walked away after 10 minutes because I was like, okay, that's it. You don't want to talk to me. I'm not going to bother. Um, well, that's so sad. It is so sad, but I'm so happy because then I was like, I was just trying to be nice. I was not even being like, oh, let's be best friends. But it's just so awkward. Oh my God, it was just so awkward. But yeah, like I said, I found out she's apparently not a really nice person. And she made some really weird comments the last week I was there. And I was like, I have no idea where to place you. I don't know if you've been funny, if you're trying to hurt me. Like, what are you doing? So yeah, sometimes it just works out for the better. Which reminds yeah. me, I had a com- like things where I'm like, I have no idea how to still place certain people's behavior. Because I'm like, I have no idea if that's just who you are or if you try to be mean or nice. Like, no idea. I think some people are just socially not awkward but clumsy so they'll say things that they don't mean in a bad way but they just sound really bad but then obviously there's also people who are just mean yeah that's very true oh my god that reminds me of another funny conversation at the beginning which I feel like it's a bit more I feel like this like the story I just told is a bit of a rough start because it's really not something to relate to too much necessarily but I remember at the beginning I also tried to talk to people and I remember having this one conversation with a group of guys and at the time I didn't know that in Britain you wouldn't you would always say trousers you would never say call like trousers pants which you would do in America and I back then was I don't like the word trousers I'm not going to use it so I used the word pants so everyone who's already know I feel like everyone that lives in Britain is already kind of know knows where this story is heading but basically, um, I had this conversation about how I need school pants. And I was wondering why all the guys looked at me as if I'd lost my mind, basically. Um, two months in to my exchange, I learned I literally told them I was looking for school underwear because you would only, like, you would call, like, your slippers. Like, is that even a word in English? Like, your under, like... Yeah, like your knickers. Yeah, like your knickers. You would call them pants, but you wouldn't call your trousers pants. So I was just talking to a group of guys being like, oh, I need school pants. And they thought I was speaking about my underwear, which, you know, <laughs> brilliant. That's a word that I also had to learn the hard way. Um, I feel like that's like, I had a friend who had the same issue in America, but with another word, which is Robert and Ariza. And in America, you would say Ariza, which I still can't pronounce properly, but you wouldn't say rubber as you would in the UK. Yeah, and I think a- rubber is a word that you can also use when you're talking about condoms yes it is a word for condoms and a friend of mine did that and she just got a really weird look from her neighbor being like i'm sorry i don't have any and she was just like <laughs> what is going on so oh. oh that reminds me of a great story um that was back in germany but in french class and we were talking about diagrams and how there was an increase in something and a decrease in something else and mm-hmm. increase well if something's increasing then you'd say Busy, but if then there's also the word busy with with like a soft s and that is basically a vulgar way of talking about having sex so one of my classmates was like oh the graph is busy and it my our teacher just looked at him and was like yeah maybe if you want to use that word you should be really sure about the context that you want to use it in <laughs> I love those kind of language things though. They're like the funniest stories at the end of the day. And I think there was another thing that was uh, in English class though. And I think it's a common mistake. I can't really blame the guy, but it was just so funny because he, I think, I don't really remember why we even talked about it, but he was basically saying when he, uh, he was speaking about the time that he got his glasses, Mm. but because um, to get something in German it's really similar to to become something like the word he was yeah. like well when I was seven <laughs> I became my glasses and it's the funniest thing ever oh I love that I know so many stories so when in English class people wouldn't mix up those things because in German you have a lot of like where in English you would say I got or I received or whatever you would say I become or became something um and it just like the things that happen, it just, oh, it always makes me laugh so much because like in English, it's a complete different meaning. And all of a sudden you are saying you are a pair of glasses, which you're obviously not. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me, this is not related to my English exchange, but I remember one time um, a former classmate of mine translated something really funnily because um, he said, 
in German, the word for tap is um, like he translated it word by word, like from the German word. So he ended up calling a tap a water a chicken, I think. Because <laughs> for some reason, because in German, the word for chicken and tap is the same word, which is really weird. See, what I find so funny, though, is um, I remember back in English school, if like mistakes like this happen, people were always just confused. They never thought about it just being like a, you know, kind of um, translation error, which I found a bit odd at some point because I've been like, well, you know, you guys know I'm not from here and I do know my English is, you know, not bad, but still, you know, I'm only learning. So when people, you know, got really like weird or like confused when I did something wrong, I was always like, well, you know, I'm not from here. What are you expecting? But I think that's something that comes with age, the understanding of those mistakes. That's true. That's also true. When you were speaking about the way you did not make that friends with a girl from your maths class, um, I was really hoping for a happy ending because I had a similar um, experience with a girl that I met on the first day of um, uni in France. And the way I approached her was so awkward to begin with. <laughs> it was funny in the end. It wasn't bad at all. It was just, you would never really do that. So I was so keen on getting to know people. Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you. I just wanted to say, I feel like that's always what happens on exchange though. You approach people in the most random ways, like beyond weird. But I feel like once you learn to do that, you literally have no fear of approaching people in awkward ways anymore. Yeah, and I mean, the amount of times that it turns out that you then become friends with the person just shows that it doesn't really matter after all. That's but yeah, she, well, it was the first day of classes before the first introduction lecture and there was basically um there was like a really big hall and in the middle of it there was a staircase and I was sitting beneath it and she was walking down the staircase with like another guy and they were talking about well they were talking in English and then also we were in France so if they hadn't been internationals they would have probably spoken in French so I was like oh they are probably from my course what you would normally do is probably listen to the conversation and then wait for the moment to join in. Whereas, I mean, you could say I did that. They were talking about, oh, and where's this room, A2? <laughs> and like, they must have not seen me until then. And I was like, oh guys, it's right there. <laughs> and it was like, and they were like, oh, hi, um, okay, thank you. And then the guy left and the girl sat down next to me and she was on her phone too. We didn't talk and I was like, how this was so awkward but it's fine I mean I helped them it was cute and then all of a sudden we just then started talking and she ended up being my best friend in that uh, period in France but it was yeah not the normal way to start a friendship I love that you got a happy, a happy ending to that though because I clearly didn't but that's so cool yeah I try to think of um moments where I had those kind of things I feel like I didn't have a, a moment where I went up to someone and no I probably did have I'm trying to think oh my god I've got so many uh, stories puffing into my head also my dad just entered our house and I'm sitting downstairs and it kind of just um made me forget what I was thinking um also sorry for the background now it's just there um but I think, oh my God, I just had to think of one of the stories of how I met one of my, still one of my best friends to this day, which was in Spanish class. And it was so funny because in Spanish class, we would always be in a different room each week. Also, we had like rotating timetables, meaning we had a different timetable every week. So we had like a two week timetable. So every second Monday was the same. Anyway, we had a different room for each Spanish class but there was kind of like an unofficial way of sitting in Spanish class which I didn't know obviously in my first lesson so I just sat on the like all the people would always sit on the right but I sat on the left side of the room and um we were only I think six people in the class so it was pretty obvious that I was new anyway and I remember um my friend Stefania then came in late and she saw me and she sat next to me. So I would feel alone on the wrong side. And, um, that's how we got to know each other. Um, like I said, she's still one of my best friends. And 
that's kind of a cute story as well so like it's not just people you, it's not always that you have to approach people sometimes people also help you out but just less funny this is just cute yeah no and I think like you, you need those people I think every, every good exchange has people like like that where you, you don't always have to be the person to approach someone else sometimes you're just being approached that's very true you should always be open to approach people though because it leads to um either good friends or funny stories like there was this one girl in my year that we kind of talked every now and then and she did approach me too but it was always a bit weird because she was one of those people that's kind of friends with everyone and I never knew how where to place her because I couldn't quite tell if she's like how do I say this nicely um more of a bitch or if she just like <laughs> a very nice way of putting it yeah I just couldn't think of another way or if she's actually like an honest person and I just kind of who she is and I remember we went for coffee one time and it was kind of nice but it was also kind of really weird and I still to this day I'm like I have no idea where to put that experience in my head I'm happy we went you know trying to meet new people but it was just awkward in a way because I'm those type of people it's really difficult because like you said you don't really know where to place it and then especially when you're younger I think that's more a thing of your teenage years most of the times that there's people like that they turn out to be the type of people that talk behind other people's backs and it's like you can't be friends with everyone but I think the older you get chances are that they are literally just trying to be nice and like you don't have to be close friends with everyone but you can be friendly with everyone not everyone, but many people you should try <laughs> no I do agree um I also think especially in regards to that girl I think what also made me feel a bit weird about our relationship is that back then obviously I got to know English culture but I was still in the face of really getting to know it like I learned a lot in those six months but also a lot of it I learned after while still engaging with my friends from there yeah so I feel like if I would have met her say four years after it might would have been a different story I would have either said oh no or oh hey you know mm-hmm. but back then I couldn't really place it but it's just part of the experience really 100% now that you talked about English culture this is not related to England but <laughs> I just realized I'm not pretty not entirely sure if I've mentioned this before but I don't think I did so one time in France there was an American guy that I was like he was in my class and then um, he was walking to uni and I was walking to the train station to take the bus home mm-hmm. um, and do you know how sometimes English native speakers will say hi how are you and it just means hi it doesn't mean how are you <laughs> and yes then, and I mean oh. at that point I knew that how are you doesn't mean how are you actually feeling it means hi how are you and I want you to say good but I obviously I didn't think about the fact that this was not the situation to actually answer the question so while he was walking one way and I was walking the others we had already crossed each other he was like hi how are you and I was like hi oh yeah I'm good things how are you and we were already really far apart from each other again in different directions and then he obviously could have not not said anything so then while he kept on walking and I kept on walking we were both looking back at each other trying to somehow end this conversation that I had made so awkward that is so funny though but that is so relatable because I feel like that's one of the things you don't know if you're not accustomed to it because like I think I I mentioned like the stories about like some similar stories before but like if you don't know it you don't know and then you just get into these conversations and you're like shit I should not have answered that (laughs) yeah but I feel like at least I think that's what I learned in school is that you learn that how are you doesn't necessarily mean that the person wants to know how you really are they just want to hear you're good and then move on but fun fact 90% of the time they just say it because it's a habit not because they actually want to have an answer to it so you can literally answer how are you with how are you and that's it however every time I do that then I realized, no, this was the 10% where they actually wanted an answer. It's always wrong. I'm so bad at it. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of, a, how are you? You kind of have to do it in the same moment. You kind of have to feel it like, hey, hey, you right? Or something like it has kind of has to be the flow. I usually try to ask first so that then the other person is left with a choice. I'm like, hey, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> Just scream it at them. Hey, how are you? Yeah. Literally. <laughs> yeah. 
I love that. I think it's so different to German culture as well, because you wouldn't really ask how someone is unless you would expect an answer, which from, oh my God, that leads me to another story where I kind of, it's kind of a twist in cultural differences now, because I remember when I came back from England, I got so accustomed to say, hello, you're right, how are you? So I would do it in German. And I was just casually being, I, in my head, I was now like, oh, this is just casual, you know, just being like nice, friendly. And people got so confused. They got so confused and be like, I'm, I'm good, I'm okay. Like they never really knew how to reply or what to say. And it was just so funny, but it honestly took me so long to realize you don't do that in German, which is, German, which is funny because I am German, but I just got so used to saying it. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I think it's crazy how I know we're talking about, can I just say, this how are you thing seems to be a big issue in our lives. We talk about it in every episode. <laughs> but I can say for myself, it is not in a bad way, but it's definitely a constant topic. Oh, yeah. And I find it so difficult as well, because sometimes people actually want to know how you are. But sometimes I can't tell. I'm like, and then I'm like, obviously, with my close friends, I know they care. So I know if they ask me how I am, they kind of want to know. But sometimes I'm, I'm like, I don't know what, I, I, yeah, it really is hard. I know. In general, small talk hard. At this point, I'm even struggle with German small talk because I feel like the rules are different and my brain just can't cope anymore. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, I can totally agree. Mm. What I also realized, I mean, I obviously not everyone who is from a different from from that country necessarily has the same personality traits, but I can say for myself, I am really organized. I like to have a plan. I like when things are happening according to that plan and other people are maybe less focused on this type of structure. However, when I was in France, I thought, well, this is my semester abroad. I'll just go with the flow. I'll like use this as a challenge for myself. But then I was in a friend group with two Mexican girls, two other German girls, and they were even more structured than I was. And it was the funniest thing ever because I know that one time we had like a little bit of a conflict. It wasn't really bad or anything, but because the Mexican girls were late all the time and then the other German girls were early every time. So then they were annoyed because the Mexicans were late and the Mexicans didn't understand because they were like, but we're not. <laughs> so funny. Oh, I love that story. But it just shows like cultural differences as well. And I feel like when it comes to cultural differences, it's also important to um, not get too offended by these kind of things. Like, don't get me wrong, of course, on a long-term base, it can be a bit annoying. And I feel like both sides kind of have to, you know, meet in the middle, but also don't take it too serious because, like, it's not meant in a bad way. I think it just poses an opportunity for you to learn that other people do something differently and that it's it can still be good. There is not just one way of doing something. Oh, I totally agree. Also, can I just say, I totally agree with what you said about an exchange being a break from life, because that's exactly how I felt about my time in England. Because weirdly, if you have that kind of set amount of time where you are somewhere, because I don't know how to explain it, it kind of feels like it's a break from your life. You kind of can just experiment and it gives you that freedom because no matter what happens, on your, this is going to sound stupid. I feel a bit silly set putting it in like a CV context, but unfortunately that is the way we work these days. But like, you know how you sometimes worry, oh, if I don't do something for six months, it's going to look bad on my CV and blah, blah, blah. Whereas if you do something like that, it's kind of like a break from your life because you're just on an adventure and you're just like, well, let's just risk something, whatever happens, happens. But like, you don't have to feel like, oh, I'm missing something or I'm not doing enough for life experience and all those things. And even though I'm a person who tries not to worry about like CV stuff as much, I feel like unconsciously we're all constantly under the pressure of delivering and being good at what we do and, you know, just level up. And I feel like an exchange in that way really is a break from life and teaches you a lot anyway. Yeah, I think the only the only way where it doesn't really work, at least from my experience, is your life at home doesn't stop. So those oh. people that are still there, they are still living their life. And for six months or longer, you are not a part of that, at least not directly 
Oh, I totally agree. And I feel like um, that kind of goes both ways, though, because I had to learn that the hard way as well. Because I remember when I was in England, my best friend was abroad as well. So the two of us, we may like kind of spoke to our friends at home beforehand and we said that we're going to limit our contact to people back home because we want to mainly speak English and not get too homesick. So we barely had contact home, but we too spoke a lot because we were both abroad and in the same position. Obviously, she was my best friend. But I remember when I came back, my friends back home, they didn't really understand that the six months I was away were quite life-changing. And I know this always sounds so dramatic and like, oh, Lisa Lisa went abroad for a year and now she knows everything better and blah, blah, blah. She but, forgot how to speak German. Pardon? And she forgot how to speak German. <laughs> but to be honest, there are like, as people make fun of it, but to a certain extent it is true though, because you do, I think you grow a bit more if you're put in a different environment. For even if it's just a short amount of time and obviously those six months changed me a lot or obviously not completely but I learned a lot and I did you know set my priorities differently and just grow as a person whereas my friends back home because they didn't have that many life-changing events they changed but they didn't change as much or they changed in a different direction and I remember coming back and it was kind of like I had to sort of my friendship groups and a lot of friendship groups kind of fell apart and kind of reorganized themselves because we just all kind of grew into different directions and in different speed. And sometimes some friends didn't really notice that I changed and vice versa. So that was, yeah, quite interesting. Yeah, I think it's important to um, emphasize though that the people that stayed at home or just like, yeah, that didn't go abroad, they didn't stop growing. But obviously, like you said, they grew in a different way and it was yeah. a different direction. Because like, I know that for me, when I speak to my friends from home, they live completely different lives, but not necessarily in a work in a like in a way that's worse than mine. They just experience different things. So for example, one of my friends now has she she bought a flat with her boyfriend and they have dogs. So that is that it feels to me that feels like she's perfectly grown up now. She's done almost done with her master's degree. She's got a full-time job. She's had it for years. And then there's me who really, I don't feel like I'm that grown up. I know that I make good decisions overall. And like, obviously some people would probably find it difficult to um, permanently move away from home. But I think that is just what you are naturally drawn to. You're better at some things and, and not so good at others. Oh, I totally agree. Like, obviously there's no wrong or right. I just wanted to emphasize that, you know, people then, like things change because you change differently and obviously, you know, oh, I was disappearing. My voice was disappearing. I said, you made a very good point there, my friend. And I totally, I do agree with you. And I just wanted to emphasize beforehand that, you know, people just go apart, like grow differently at different speeds. And also, can I just say, I love the direction this conversation has taken because I did not see that happening, but I love it. <laughs> I was thinking that too. I've got another um, France story though. Oh, go ahead. I've got some more too. So yay, let's go back to the stories. <laughs> um, so when I first arrived in Lyon, my student accommodation wasn't available for the first week or so. So I stayed in an Airbnb with two French girls. They were my age and they knew English. They were just not that comfortable speaking. But I, who had just gotten to France, was not so comfortable speaking in French. And then we kind of tried to make our way around it and we mostly communicated in English. And then we went out the first night with their friends for dinner and it was really lovely and they liked, like they were just really friendly to me. So I was really happy about that. It was just so funny because when we walked to the restaurant where we wanted to meet their friends at, one of the girls was like, you should really not be so shy, like just try and speak French. And I obviously wanted to try and wanted to learn. So I was like, yeah, I'll just go for it. And she, honestly, I think I said two sentences. She just stared at me and she was like, you know what? We can just speak English. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. And then we spoke English for the rest of the night. And I have to say though, those four months in France, and obviously it also depends on your attitude and how much you want to learn, were so beneficial for my French because obviously that's where I started. 
but then towards the end of it I was able to speak about things like employer branding and like really complex topics so I was so proud of myself especially thinking back at what she said there she was obviously just trying to be nice and make it easy for me but I was just like oh so clearly it really isn't that good <laughs> well, that's the thing like I think it's so funny because I feel like I've been in both positions both sides and it's like when people say that they don't mean it in any way they just want to be polite because they think it's easy but the person who tries they just want to learn the language so you just want to speak it even if it's shit what you say so it's just like oh it's a hard one but I feel with you so much <laughs> oh. Oh, man. I thought sorry to like I have nothing that kind of relates to this anymore because I think I've for now, I think I've told all my language stories, so I'm just going to change the topic to different experiences abroad that were funny. Because I I feel like you might not relate to this too much because your living situation was different in France. But I still couldn't hold back on these stories because I think they're too funny. And they are the funny and well-known stories about interesting host families. I don't know who... I feel like people who inform themselves about exchanges during school they get kind of a really interesting idea of what it can end up being living in a host family because you can eat it you have the best time of your life you love your host family you vibe you have the best time ever or just the other way around and it's the weirdest experience in your entire life I was lucky because me and my host mom we got along so well honestly I was so happy because she had two daughters one was I think 25 and the other one was 20 um they bet one of them didn't live at home anymore the other one was at uni so I didn't really get to see them much and if they when they were home we got along quite well they were quite lovely and my host mom and I we just vibed like she was honestly she's one of the most inspiring and kind people I've ever met she was just so lovely I learned so much from her I could fangirl about her for ages <laughs> beside the point another friend of mine who I met there wasn't quite as lucky like her host family they were lovely don't get me wrong obviously I wasn't living in the host family so I can't tell you too much and I don't want to tell too much because obviously I don't want to um step like cross personal boundaries but there are just some funny stories because our host mom was relatively strict and we remember I like not we, I remember how her host mom sometimes she was a bit like quite eccentric and kind of more of a difficult person but not in a negative way necessarily just she was a lot and she would make up things and always be like sus like suspicious and always thinking that my friend would hide something from her and it was always like are you having a secret boyfriend you know that's not allowed <laughs> and really lit and making up things and then um my poor friend she her host brother he was also a lovely guy but a bit interesting let me put it this way and he had a crush on her which didn't make things easier and she had a small crush on one of his friends, but nothing happened. But um, they just texted one or like a few times, but like not in a flirty way, I think. Because I think he had a girlfriend at times as well, but just, you know, in a casual way. But then her host brother got to know that and he was making up things. He's like, oh, are you, are you in love with him? Do you want something from him? And then her host mom got to know that and she would like put her, like literally ask her, oh, are you in love? And you know that's not allowed and just like in front of the entire family as well and just kind of put her on into the spotlight and just literally embarrass her to bits and my poor friend it was really hard to speak up against a host mom because the host mom was quite she wouldn't really let you finish and she would always make up her mind about how things are oh, mm -hmm. so it was really funny she said some shitty things about us other exchange students as well and we were like well thank you um that's nice but she would just like always suspect things and be really like she was don't get me wrong she wasn't a shitty person but it was just really we had a good laugh about it at times but it was also sometimes a bit tough on my friend because she was just like I don't even know what to do because she just suspect things and no matter what I do it just ends up weird and then it was also a bit it was hard for her because she always had to be my friend always had to be home for certain deadlines and can really go to parties and really do certain things because her host mom was so strict Mm -hmm. I think I was quite on the other side of the spectrum because my host mom was pretty chill I think that might also have been because I was always texting her exactly where I'm going what I'm doing so maybe because we started on that note she was quite chill because she 
maybe had the sense that she could trust me but she was also I think quite a chill person because obviously she had two grown daughters so she kind of know, knew how that works I'm not sure if you'd be naturally more strict with someone who's not your child though because then you have the responsibility for someone else's child so if something happens to you you wouldn't obviously want other parents not to look after your children well so then mm. maybe you feel even more responsible that is a very good point I feel like that's some tricky thing about host families as well because they kind of wanted to include you into families but then it's also like sometimes it works well and sometimes it doesn't it's sometimes it's just one of those weird things like with my friend like they kind of got along really well but at the same time it was just a weird one yeah but are you actually not allowed to have like um crushes I mean obviously no one can like make sure you don't but are you not allowed to have a boyfriend or you're not allowed you're not allowed to have um, sex or anything as well they literally put that in the contract but I get that but are you not allowed to have a boyfriend either officially not and then depends on the organization my organization I remember I think I meant I mentioned that in the last episode we had like a meeting before we went where we kind of got like um told how things work and what to do in certain situations and there was this one girl who went abroad to England as well and when we spoke in a small group she told us how she ended up getting into a relationship with someone there and she she said to us she's like yeah I know you're not allowed to have a boyfriend or have sex or anything but if you like someone just go for it just don't care um that's the thing you can just ignore those rules but you have to be careful um also with alcohol because you're not allowed to drink alcohol obviously because you're underage if you do it you obviously have to be careful um it's the drinking age in England for beer and wine I was about to say 16 but that's wrong it's 18 it's 18 is it yes oh because in Germany it's 16 that's why I was wondering because I think you said you were 17 when you went right so I was like oh but how are you underage but yeah I see yeah, and obviously um my friends did drink on parties and all that because you know people still do when they're 16 17 over there too but yeah um no you're not allowed to do that um but yeah you're also not allowed to have a boyfriend but I know some people are quite chill like um I didn't have a boyfriend in England but I had kind of a crush and like I don't know how to put it but like you know went on a date with someone and all that kind of you know cute little stuff but um I know my host mom didn't know about it I don't I can't remember if I told her I had a date it was it was in my last week as well by the way so I don't know if she was just like oh well if something happens now it's out of my responsibility (laughs) but my host mom was quite chill about it um I didn't really speak about it with her too much because obviously I was still a bit afraid because I didn't want to be sent home but um yeah she was quite chill but my friend's mom obviously wasn't quite as chill and I think she would have actually reported it maybe I don't know I can't really tell but yeah I mean I guess those rules after all are just put up for your own goods but some of them obviously are easier to follow than others and also easier to understand oh definitely oh my god I just had to think of like funny stories speaking of dating because obviously I was 17 guys I didn't go on like dates or something much but obviously I went to a different school and, you know, new guys. And in my school, I was in the oldest year because my school is was new. So we hadn't had like older people there. So I remember commenting and I was like, oh, there are people that are older, they're older boys. <laughs> and I was so excited, not because I was like, oh, you know, I need to have a boyfriend, all that. But, you know, I think even, you know, little 17 year old me was kind of, oh, you know, having a wee little crush, you know, falling in love abroad. Wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> I find that like the thought of falling in love abroad seems is so much more romantic than falling in love at home because I don't know maybe because you know that it's probably not gonna last it's probably not gonna be something serious it's more like it would be portrayed in those movies yeah you feel like life is a movie I'm abroad I'm in love and then you're also again (laughs) I feel sorry I keep interrupting you no I think I interrupted you (laughs) Oh, but no, I totally agree. I feel like it's so much more adventurous as well, especially when you're a teenager because you're like everything is new and like the whole topic of love and boyfriend is even more exciting anyway. Like it's still exciting these days. I mean, I'm only 22. Of course, it's still exciting. But I feel like... Thinking like you're 50 years old. <laughs> <laughs> but no, obviously, I just mean like as a teenager, you're even more new to the whole thing. And in general, like hormones and feelings are just going up and down. So I feel like that's even, you know, makes it more messy overall. So yeah, 
I remember just having that kind of, you know, because I knew someone who did fell in love abroad, like several people actually. So I was like, oh, I, I want that too. Yeah. Um, I mean, think about writing long letters in a foreign language to your boyfriend who lives in a different country. How romantic. Uh, but if thinking about it now, I mean, we both know a long distance is not as fun and romantic as it sounds. I mean, it can be romantic, but it's also really hard. So, you know, think twice. Yeah. But, but I'm all, I mean, I'm always team, give it a shot. I'm, everyone knows I'm pretty much fight for it, try it out. If it doesn't work, fair enough, but at least try. Yeah. And I mean, you can make it work. I mean, I've done it twice and both, to- it's not great, but I guess if you like the person, then you'll just do it. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, I, um, to come back to what I was originally saying, I remember some funny stories with guys, but nothing. This sounds so, like, I feel like this sounds so uh, scandalous. It was really not scandalous at all. It was more like, I remember they were like, um, there was this one guy who was also a foreign student that was kind of cute, but I knew he had something going on with a friend of mine, but that was kind of a complicated story. Um, and then she left after my first month and me and the guy and his friends like his other three two friends we kind of became quite good friends and it was quite chill but I was like put, I put them in the friend zone because I thought oh you know he just kind of yeah she he was kind of really in love with a friend of mine so I thought like oh, oh cool but I think it got really weird because he then from one day to another just friend zoned me completely and not just friend zoned me he completely ignored me I mean I, we kind of were in a friend zone base but he just ignored me. He got really rude from one day to another. And I was like, what the fuck happened? And then towards the end, I kind of got the idea that because of something he said down, that maybe he didn't like me, but more, but it was so weird. Cause I was like, I thought he was such a lovely guy and I really liked hanging out with him and his two friends. And then it just got so weird from one day to the other. And I was like, how did that happen? Yeah, I mean, ignoring someone is not really how to get closer. Yeah, but in general, I just remember, you know, cause obviously, um, it was also funny because I came in the middle of the year, so everyone knew who I was in sixth form, but obviously I didn't. So I had conversations, like I remember one time, I sat at a table with a girl I knew from my tutorial and then a bunch of other girls I've never seen before. And they were all like, oh yeah, you, you the new one, you the exchange student. And they were even knowing I had a block and stuff. They had full on stalked me and I had no idea who, what their names even were. And I just remember sitting there like, okay, cool. Nice to meet you. <laughs> obviously respond to this and it happened as well because obviously some guys knew me as well so they kind of um just sound as if everyone was running after me that's not what I'm saying I'm just saying because I was new obviously people are like oh something is happening some new person so you know I feel like that's normally in school always like oh who's that so it just kind of made some really funny ended up with some funny shads and like yeah moments like that it's funny to hear that from you now, because obviously when I was in school, I was never an exchange student, but there were exchange students from other countries coming to our school. And then they had really different experiences. And you saying that now just makes me reflect on whatever I heard from them. So there was like one guy who was from Australia and everyone knew of him. So, and we were all, cause Australia is obviously quite far away from Germany. And we must have been 16. We were all so interested in his life and him as a person. And oh my God, he's from Australia. So everyone, he must have been approached like 50 times a day by different people. So for him, it was probably really easy to get to know people. And then he was also quite outgoing. So I guess that helps. Mm -hmm. But then there were also um, girls, for example, that weren't as outgoing. And people were like we must have been more shy to speak to them as well because maybe maybe with the Australian guy his native language was obviously English so it was a challenge for us but not really for him whereas the other girls were from Colombia I want to say and for them then obviously English was not their first language and it was also not ours so it was a challenge on both sides of the table really. It's funny because when you just told these stories, I reflected on my time because this sounds as if everyone approached me. That's not really what happened that much. Like I had those moments where people actually said, oh, you're the new one. And they talked to me. That happened the first two weeks. But at the same time, it was so hard to make friends because people kind of did approach me and say those things. But at the same time, they had a lot of other exchange students in the school as well. So it was kind of like on one hand, because I was the only one who came in the middle of the year. Everyone knew me. And I had those conversations, funny moments happening a lot. At the same time, I remember 
I expected everyone to be a bit more exciting maybe because I feel like when, whenever we had exchange students back in my school, it was the same as with you and the Australian. Everyone was like, oh my God, I want to get to know them. I want to speak to them. I want to see, you know, that's so cool. But it wasn't quite how I felt. Mm. Or maybe I didn't notice. I don't want to say that as well because obviously people did approach me, but it was more like the first couple of days and then not so much. Then it was kind of really hard work to actually make friends. I see. I guess, well, yeah, the first couple of days, you're the new one. And then once they talk to you, you're not that new anymore. I also noticed that a lot of people did approach me, but I also know now. I think they did, but I didn't really know how British culture works. Mm-hmm. So, um, by the way, I hope you can hear me because my dad just put away some plates in the background. Um, but I noticed that certain like ways of handling conversations I didn't quite know yet, and they went a bit more reserved. So I kind of interpreted that as, oh, they're not interested. Whereas I feel like it's often, it often wishes more the kind of way they are. Yeah. Rather than them not being interested in becoming friends with me. Yeah, I understand that. Is there any other stories from that relate to that? Um, not really. I just have one funny story in relation to teaching, but I can't remember if I already told it. <laughs> just go for it. Um, basically, um, teaching was interesting because the first couple of weeks I was struggling with, I mentioned that last episode, with the English accent and just settling in because there's a lot to take in when settling in. And I remember, I think five weeks into my term, my ma- I had to take maths because of my school in Germany. My maths teachers in England came up to me and he was like, I, I don't think you should take the final AS exam at the end of the term because, you know, you're still quite far behind and I don't think you're going to catch up. And I was so offended in that moment, but he only meant well, because he was right, because I came in the middle of term, things they had done, I hadn't done before. Because um, back in Germany, we still, we would only do them the year after. So obviously I had no idea what they were doing. I was coming there in the middle of the year. And I'm sorry, but the first five weeks, you do not have time to just catch up on school. You're also there to you know settle in, get to know people and just find your way around. Yeah, for sure. I was just lost in maths, really, which in general led to a lot of funny conversations and it ended in me eventually just sitting in maths class doodling. Um, but I remember that was just so funny because I was so offended, but he just meant so well. Like my maths teacher, he was so nice because at the end I had, he wanted to give me a grade. So he actually made a really easy maths quiz for me to give me a good grade, which was so lovely. And can I just say though, I'm not shy, like I'm not that bad. Like I'm not a math genius. I'm not, but I'm not terrible at math. I know I don't have to say this, but I feel like, I feel a bit like I'm not awful at maths, but I just can't, I just couldn't do it back then. And I was like, wow, thanks for, you know, pushing, like, how do you say, like pushing me over the edge. <laughs> I think there sometimes is a big difference between what you know when you're in the situation and when you're at school and then if you have if you had to do the same thing later on again you'd probably manage and also I think it depends on what context because I knew my grades in England didn't really matter so obviously if I would have moved there for like permanent like permanent permanent can't even say the word permanent oh my god permanently thank you um if I would have moved there permanently I would have put more effort into catching up on maths as well but because I knew I'm only there for six months, I was like, okay, I'm going to try to take as much in from maths as I can, but I'm not going to pressure myself. I'm going to, you know, still make the most of it and try to learn as much as I can from every subject, really. But I'm also here for other experiences and other learning factors. So it should still be a bit fun. So I feel like that's one tip I can also just throw in here. And that is if you go abroad in school, obviously check with your school at home what grades you need or if they don't care. But then if you, when you're abroad, be open to learn new things because it will only benefit you in the future but don't stress yourself too much because you're going to learn a lot anyway in so many different ways and so many different kind of subjects and for life you just learn for life really oh yeah a hundred percent I mean I know that when I was at school my parents were always because like when I didn't want to study I was like oh I'll manage this exam and then they were like okay if you manage the exam but you're not you're not studying for the exam you're like you should learn this so you know it later on in life and it's I obviously as a student didn't want to listen to that but it is true <laughs> it is very true at least if you can learn half of it, it 
with a lot of things that helps you in the future. Definitely. I've got some more. <laughs> oh, you got some more. Go ahead, Dan. I feel like I've been talking so much anyway. Go ahead. Well, we were speaking of adventures and being adventurous earlier on. And in October, during my um, Erasmus semester, we were off for a week and we thought it would be a good idea to explore the, the surrounding area. So we went to a place called Clermont-Ferrand, I think. And it's an old volcano. Volcano? How do you say that word? <laughs> we went there to go hiking and it was so much snow. We got we got there and that was fine. Um, and then there was snow everywhere and we thought that'll be, that'll look so lovely when we're on top and then everyone's covered in snow and the, um, the soil was dark, like black, and it would have looked so good. It did look good. Like we, yeah. we did manage it in the end, but at first we were like, I mean, it can't be that difficult. There's this one volcano. We'll just hike up. We don't need a map. Like we'll be fine. We'll just, we'll find the path. We didn't. We walked, I think we walked for a, almost an hour through the snow. Well, and it was like quite steep and we were not wearing hiking boots or anything. So our feet were wet and we were constantly falling down this hill that we were trying to hike up. <laughs> um, like I said, it was covered in snow. And then we got back to where we started. My friend, my best friend was actually visiting me at the time and she enjoys a walk, but she's not your number one hiker. And to be honest, neither am I, but I think I wanted to see the top of this volcano so badly that I was like, I don't care about anything. I'm going to hike up there. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so after an hour, we were completely exhausted. Our feet were wet and we then decided that maybe now is a good time to actually look at the map. <laughs> oh, did you manage? Did you end up on top of the volcano? We did, but it was foggy, so we didn't see anything. But it was, oh. it was great still, no matter the circumstances. <laughs> That is so sad though. All that paid for nothing. I mean, still you made it, but oh. Yeah, and we I mean we could have been smart about it from the start and just looked at the map. But you know, being smart is overrated at times. <laughs> I think that's when when you're when you when you I can't speak today, when you're so desperate to go on an adventure that you try to make it extra adventurous, that is usually a very bad decision. <laughs> Because you think, oh, it's just going to be more adventurous and we'll be fine. You'll be fine, but it will take a lot of nerves. Like, yeah, just look at the map. Don't make it more complicated than it needs to be. Really. Yeah. Especially not with hikes. Because I feel like with hikes, I made a mistake so many times. You think, oh, it's going to be easy breezy. We're going to manage just fine. Yeah, no, you're going to die halfway. And then you're going to think to yourself, why am I doing this? But if you stop and like us, you're probably going to push towards the end just to almost die. Yeah, it's like you don't want to give up. Yeah. Also, I think it's worse when you are the reason that it's so difficult. Mm. Then you can't give up because then that would be you just, I don't know, accepting the fact that you made a bad decision and now you didn't manage. Whereas if you don't give up and you still manage, it wasn't all that bad. <laughs> I feel like, of course, you can admit a bad decision, but I feel like with hiking especially, I'm always like, oh, I want to make it. And this just reminds me of such a funny hiking story from my time in America. Um, this is not an ex yeah, it's not really an exchange, but I spent seven weeks a while ago in America um, with friend, with like a kind of friend, like a family friend, like, wait, how do you say that? Like a family that is a friend of my mom. So in a sense, I somehow did a bit of a kind of exchange to America for a while too. And I remember one time we went, um, that was, we, I lived in Colorado mm -hmm. and for everyone mm -hmm. I ever heard of Colorado, well, it's really famous for that area, uh, the Rocky Mountains. And we did some hiking tours around there. And one time we went away for a weekend, even more into the mountains. And um, me, so basically I was staying with a, um, a couple, so like a good friend of my mom and her husband. And that weekend, their son and his girlfriend were visiting and my mom's friend's husband and their son and their girl and his girlfriend and I wanted to go hiking. And I thought, oh, it's gonna be fine. I did some hikes already in the Colorado heat. I'll be fine. Oh my goodness. It was a two hour hike. I almost 
died halfway through I remember just like um they all just constantly checking on me I think my mom's friend's husband thought I'm about to die he was like he looked so concerned he actually I think he actually thought I'm gonna faint any second and I felt so bad because I was like okay I don't want them to go back with me now because we're halfway there and I want to make it too but I was also like because of me we have to stop literally every 10 minutes it was just so hard and it's so funny because technically if I look at it it wasn't a really steep like hike or anything but I just underestimated the height the mountain and yeah that I wasn't as trained for hikes as I thought I was back then so yeah that was an interesting one um I was very glad when I made it it was lovely but I almost died well <laughs> not almost, you know it was hard oh that reminds me of a hike that we did in uh, Marseille there is a national park it's called the Calonque and it's really really beautiful um and when you get down to the bottom of this national park there is a little bay and there's not many people. The water is so blue. It is beautiful. Um, but we went there in summer and it was so hot. And I am not trained, I want to say. I, I don't usually go hiking, so I do enjoy it, but I don't do it enough. So my friends, for some reason, were much sportier than I was. And I, I remember how I was just trying to make my way back up. My head was so red. <laughs> I, every bit of shade I just used it for like five minutes to kind of recover from the last 200 meters so I feel really bad for them that they had to wait for me the whole time but I, I when we finally got back I was like yeah cool that was um good for now maybe tomorrow we can do something else <laughs> oh, it was me after the Colorado hike I feel so much girl oh my goodness <laughs> I feel like hiking with me as well that's a completely different story like Hiking in the cold or like chilly weather is one thing, but if you have to do it in like heat, don't underestimate it. Oh my goodness. I think I can't say that it's much better in the cold. I think the the less extreme the weather conditions, the easier I would probably say it is. That's true. The less extreme, that's a good point. Because if it's really freezing cold and snowing and you know everything's kind of frozen, like your entire body's frozen, then it's not really fun either, is is it? Yeah. Also, when you're in a different country, I feel like you and you heard of like food that they eat that you don't eat at home. You kind of have to try it, don't you? So when I was in Australia, I tried kangaroo meat. And it tastes a bit like chicken, I think. But then when we were in France, we we thought we either have to try snails or frog legs. And one of the last nights, we actually ended up going to a little restaurant and they have a cool name, but I actually have to admit, I forgot something with B but I don't remember so then we ordered the frog legs and something else that wasn't as um exotic I think it was a bit like potato mash um and then we ended up sharing it and I know that (laughs) I tried the frog legs that my friend ordered and she was like oh yeah how is it and I was like it's not bad and then she was like I need to tell you something but only after you finish eating (laughs) and I I was like, okay. And then I I finished that bit that I was holding and eating. Um, and then she was like, she, she just took the next bit of frog legs and held it and showed me. She was like, see, you now you can see what the frog looks like. Cause like, those are the legs. And then obviously they have this shape. And I was like, thank you for waiting until I finished. Because I think that's the problem with many dishes. And especially when it's an animal. You, as as long as you don't really see what it is, it's mm-hmm. okay. Or if you don't know, I like when I hear stories about people eating grasshoppers or something in Asia. If you told me it's a grasshopper I'm eating, I would not eat it. Mm-hmm. But if I didn't know and I just ate it, I probably wouldn't even notice. Yeah, that's what a lot of people say. It's a lot like it's a hat thing where you just say because you're so accustomed to not eating it and not like thinking it must be disgusting you don't want to eat it but as, as soon as you actually try it without thinking it's actually not that bad yeah I'm not gonna lie though I'm I kind of want to try these things when it comes to animals but I'm also like you know passionate vegetarian so I'm like yeah no thanks but I'm glad you only showed you after I think in that moment it I feel like that's one of those things where it just kind of you know the food comes back up yeah or maybe it wouldn't have not been that bad because 
I mean, they were fried. They didn't really look like frogs anymore, but still, <laughs> I was glad she didn't tell me. It's weird if you think about it though, like, cause a frog, I wouldn't, I, I know it's like a really like common thing to eat apparently in France, but like you wouldn't in Germany. So for me, like a frog is not something you would eat. So I would feel a bit weird just eating it just cause I'm not used to it. Yeah, I think it's actually same. considered something, well, not luxurious, but not an everyday meal. It's it's a fancy dinner if you have it. So interesting what people make fancy dinners all over the world as well, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, that's it with my stories. I think I'm done with my stories for today as well. I have other stories too, but they are for another time. Surely this is not the last story time we'll... we'll... Um, oh, definitely not. To be honest, I think story times are quite fun. Talking about these memories and sharing them and just having a wee giggle about it. Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed listening to all these not related random stories of our times abroad. And we hope it made you laugh, made you giggle. And yeah. If you have any cool stories that you'd like to share with us, definitely send us a message on Instagram and share them. Please do. I want to hear some more funny stories of other people. So hit us up on Instagram and share your funny stories with us, please. And I think that's us done for today. Yeah, we'll see you next week. We won't see you. We'll speak to you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye.